Hi, this is Chris, host of A Couple of Drips. Just before we start, I wanted to say a quick word about our subscribers' memberships. If you'd like to help support future episodes, you can subscribe to the show for a few pounds a month. This will help fund production, coffee and guest expenses. Simply click on the support button in the episode description. Cheers and enjoy the show. Settle in and turn it up. It's time for a couple of drips. Coffee, conversation, and occasional quips. Here's your host, Chris Granger. Hello, and welcome to episode one of A Couple of Drips. This hopes to be a podcast that is vaguely entertaining, talks about coffee, and has some stimulating and possibly comic conversation. My guest today is the wonderful local hero, stand up guy. Mr. Danny Davis. Good. Hello. Good morning, Danny. How are you? I'm really good, mate. Your intro music is fantastic. The the, <laughs> the imagery of that music is is you driving in some sort of 1970s American muscle car. I was going for sort of spy movie meets kind of comic thing. Yeah. You know? I can uh, sort of picture a cat running across like at the top of an old bin in a Detroit side street as you come cruising by. It's it's, it's awesome. Yeah, you've cheapened it now. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I didn't think it was as good as I said, really, if I'm honest. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Uh, welcome, Danny. It's lovely to have you here. It's good to be here. Um, let's do the coffee thing first. Mm, yeah. Let's talk about the f- the fantastic stuff we're drinking, which is from Darkwoods Coffee up in Yorkshire. And this is an unusual one, especially to, to start the series with. Uh, this is barrel-aged common grounds, and it's supposed to have notes of vanilla, dried fruits, and milk chocolate. Um mm. It, it's really nice. I mean, I'm, I'm supposed to be sort of savouring this and drinking and talking about it, but I've already drank about a cupful already. It's absolutely fantastic. It is really good. I'm not sure I get vanilla with it, I, but I do get whiskey. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, it tastes like what you have after a meal when you've yeah. been like for an expensive meal and at the end of the night someone says let's not drink any more alcohol but let's put alcohol let's in have a, a cup of coffee. coffee yeah yeah, yeah it tastes absolutely like that. yeah no it, it it does it doesn't taste like it tastes like, do you remember in the 90s there was there was this move towards people started flavoring coffee beans and it was it was terrible you kind of had your sort of caramel coffee beans and and your grinder would smell of 
awful coffee for for months afterwards i remember a friend of mine used to buy me these caramel beans and i hated them they were absolutely revolting um but this this isn't flavored at all it's just where it's stored it, it, it does the, the thing what you're talking about in the 90s with with the artificially flavored ones yeah whereas yeah, this is natural yeah, but yeah i remember we moved from that to syrups then which is better yeah <laughs> but still not, still not as good as something more natural but those those flavored artificially flavored ones you'd go to like um some sort of food festival festival or yep. farmers gathering and there'd be yeah. somebody saying i've got this amazing coffee and we'd all be going oh it smells of candy floss it smells yeah. of licks yeah. deodorant yeah. and yeah. somehow convincing ourselves did, that we liked it didn't taste like it no no you get home and you'd have one sip and you go it smells amazing it tastes disgusting yeah absolutely revolting brilliant yeah. brilliant well anyway so this is a darkwoods barrel aged common grounds and uh it's very unusual i, I wouldn't like make espresso out of it or anything but uh if, if you're having it kind of drip i would highly recommend yeah it. it's it's not as dark to look at as i thought it might be mm. but it but it, it packs a punch i could it's very it, nice i can't get my head around the fact it feels naughty because it's got that yeah. alcohol hint it yeah. feels like it's naughty to drink but it isn't yeah. it's it's yeah. alcohol free but it's fantastic yeah. if anyone's interested i'll i'll put a link in the in the blurb so you can get hold of the coffee um as danny has just finished his I'll i'm just, sorry just give him a top up there I'm we such go. a coffee there whore <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on. So, Danny, you should perhaps tell people a little bit about yourself, how we met and what you do day to day and, more importantly, what you do in the evenings. Yeah. Well, well for, first thing I've got to say is I've this is the first podcast I've ever done. Your setup here is absolutely amazing. Thank you. I, I can't believe you own this. I mean, are they your <laughs> swans out there on the lake? They, they are my swans, but I'm, I'm still not allowed to eat them. <sighs> you see, you're not royalty. No. That's the difference. Although, who'd want to be royalty at the well. moment? Move swiftly on. No, I'm, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 48. It sounds like my dating profile oh, now as well. well. <laughs> I know, I'm boyish, aren't I? Um, I'm 48. I'm, I'm originally from Cornwall, even though in 1989, my family moved us away from the seaside because they thought we deserved a better life and took yeah. us from near St Ives in Cornwall to Cannock. Oh, in okay. which, well, that's which, in, an interesting yeah. move. As you can imagine we're all delighted. <laughs> yes. Absolutely delighted. Who wants the seaside every day? Um, yeah, and then we met through... Can you drive a tractor? Sorry, that's a stereotype, isn't what, it? Right now? <laughs> <laughs> be a bit awkward. You've got the you've got the land for it. What do you want to go and herd up your wild sheep? Just go and just round up the geese and the sheep. And, uh... um, no, we we met through um, through uh, mutual acquaintances. Obviously, it turns out uh, the more time we spent together, it turns out the more people we actually knew we had in common. Yeah. Um, but what well, I, I can't think Staffordshire is a bit like that, isn't it? You know, I didn't know of... that until I moved here. That uh, everybody knows everybody. Yeah. And yeah. everybody you go out with has been out with people you know as well. Yeah. So that, you... that can be a problem. Yeah. There's quite a lot yeah. of shared DNA going on. There in, is in Staffordshire. There is. Yeah. yeah. But did we did we meet at the comedy event in Stoke? Well, was I was it trying to remember live... this whether 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 we met at a comedy event or a mutual friends. Because we we have a mutual friend who had a Tiswas party. Oh my god! Where the we were throwing party. custard pies and things at each other, and I can't remember if we met at that, or if it was, uh, or if it was at the. I the think it was thing. at the the Gunge thing. Yeah, which I remember being incredible fun, but freezing cold. Absolutely freezing cold yeah. and dangerous. Quite a few people fell over. Yeah, yeah, and quite a lot of alcohol consumed. 
by me, inevitable. I can't speak for anyone else, but I know I drank far too inevitable. much. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I offended anyone or picked a fight with anybody. But no, there was I a lot of alcohol. Not, not on that night. No, 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 no. that's probably another night. No. But um, yeah, and then we we were at the Sarah pa- Sarah Pasco gig up in Stoke at the old fantastic, which which you were performing at. I know it. It that was terrifying actually because. Um, I don't know if anyone, or if, if you know about the ROFL, Ruffle Comedy Club, which... No, do used, tell. It, it used to be at the, the old, I think it's called the old post office in Burslem, and that right. was where that gig was. Yeah, fantastic it's, venue. Yeah, it's now moved to um, Bar Social in right. Limelight Boulevard in Newcastle, and it's it's awesome. It's a professional Brilliant. comedy night, it's all headline acts. It's but a great venue as well. It is, it's really good. Yeah. But but that gig that I did, what what Lee Jones, who's the guy that runs the gig, used to do was he'd say, right, we're going to have a professional opening act. We're going to have a couple of guys doing a bit of open stuff in the middle. So sort of amateur guys trying out new material. And then a headline act who was obviously paid decent money. And what it really did was gave the um, professional acts, you know, a chance to earn some money and get their name out there. But it also gave us amateur guys a chance to sort of play to 100, 100 plus people, which you would never get to do normally. Great opportunity. Um, but I turned up, I think it was the third time I'd done it, and I'd always done okay. You know, I'm not going to yeah, sit yeah. here and say I was amazing, but I yeah, always sure, held, held my sure. own. And I went into the, the green room, and Sarah Pascoe's just sitting there, and I'm nice. automatically just beside myself. And she'd only just made it at the time. She was just breaking through, wasn't yeah. she? Yeah. And I, I don't know how to phrase this, because it's going to sound really odd, because you sort of expect when you meet celebrities that they're going to feel like celebrities they're going to have an aura about them yeah but she really did just feel like a normal person just this, sitting in a this room this is the this is the thing that i was going to comment on is is that i did did run into her and i'll i'll tell you the one and only line that she she said to me when we ran into each other uh, shortly but um yeah she did seem very grounded very down to earth and she can sort of play quite naive character sometimes i saw her on yeah. qi a few weeks ago she's quite naive but incredibly intelligent actually and really got her head screwed yeah on, you know. she um she did a podcast um i think it was last year it was all about um the, uh, the human body the people and there was a lot of stuff about um the sex industry how women were Brilliant. mistreated and stuff Brilliant. very intelligent woman yeah but yeah. but Sorry to cheapen it now, but when I when I sorry, you know, talk about this fantastically <laughs> intelligent fine, woman, and I'll lower it again. But when I got there, they said, "Who wants to open?" Yeah, and sort of opening is it's not viewed as this amazing spot, but it does carry a little bit of weight because you've got to sense the mood of the room and get them ready it, for it the takes, night. Ahead. It takes some balls to do the opening because you're essentially the warm up guy. Yeah, and and I was told I was doing ten minutes for 10 quid or something and yeah. they said um do you mind opening because nobody else wants to do it <laughs> and i'm a bit of a gobshite so i thought yeah yeah i'll do it i said do you want me just to do 10 minutes and they went no if you could do sort of 20 25 minutes Real. now you've only rehearsed yeah. to do 10 yeah. so thankfully i had sort of various things i could say yeah and i absolutely loved it and you about can always how- rip into the audience a bit you know well, well a lot a lot of, I, i'm not sure if it was the one the sarah pasco gig or one that i did before but the entire front row, there was about 14 lads, and they were obviously on some sort of stag do or alcohol fueled <laughs> gathering. And they, unfortunately, they destroyed the girl that was on before me. They'd really ruined her 10-minute oh. set. So I went on thinking I was going to do 10 minutes and ended up doing 15 minutes because I spent the yeah. first five minutes having to sort out the naughty children, I suppose, is the only yeah, way. Yeah, um, yeah. 
And the only way I could do it was to just be really brutal. And yeah. it shut them all up, actually. But yeah, great. It's, yeah, it's, I suppose the moral of that is audience participation is not always welcomed. Not, not always. Not, a co- not at comedy events, no. Not always welcome. No. Not always welcome. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I met Sarah at that gig. Uh, but only fleetingly. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but the toilets, you have to go right past all of the audience in that venue. Yeah, yeah. And the toilets are right down at the front. Next to the green room, yeah. Next to the green room. And I think there were three toilets, and one and people were queuing for all of them, and there was a disabled toilet. And uh, when I met Sarah, she uh, came out of the disabled toilet, uh, looked at me, handed me the door handle, and went, it fucking stinks in there, and it's not me. <laughs> and that's the, the only thing Sarah Pascoe ever her. said to me. So, <laughs> but she, but in in the green room, I mean, I've, I'm an amateur comedian, so I'm not going to make out that I'm hanging around with Jimmy Carr and people like that. But I have met some quite nice. I think people. you probably should for tax purposes. Yeah, know. yeah, Jimmy Carr. But in that room, she was the most down-to-earth person mm. you, you could actually just yeah. when i came back from being on stage you know she was going through her own notes and things but yeah. she actually said you know people were really laughing that was really good and i don't know it's i i always expect celebrity be celebrities to be really inaccessible and yeah she yeah. was really nice some of them are i yeah. met one or two. Oh, go on mm. well i couldn't possibly now but you know when you do that that awful thing when you've you're meeting a celebrity and you've planned in your mind what you're going to say to them and you've got it laid out and you've got it planned and you know what you're going to say to them and then when you speak to them you just, and you just can't words. trip over it and i remember meeting eddie izzard in the 90s and he'd done a, a one-word improv show with the wonderful neil malarkey and suki webster and um steve frost mm. the fantastic steve frost um at stafford gatehouse theater and i remember eddie had this fantastic fluorescent green day glow jumper on and i thought it was absolutely you, you know amazing because i love day glow colors and things or at least i did in the 80s and 90s and what i meant to say was absolutely <laughs> fantastic jumper <laughs> but he got changed before he came out to meet everyone to do the meet and greet and he put a pink one on instead and so instead of saying i really love the green jumper i said the pink was a bit of a mistake (gasps) oh my god (laughs) to which he went well you're not trying to challenge norms are you and i just like felt oh my god and i just went in the corner and like talked to neil malarkey for half an hour (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, i I remember i was i was in london once i can't remember what what the street was it was one of the ones where everyone goes um and i saw chris moyles and the first thing I thought was Chris Moyles is shorter than I expected him to be. Yeah. I don't know why I expected him to be some really tall person. Yeah, the radio makes yeah. you look taller. And, yeah. and as I was walking past him, I, I just felt this urge. I've got to talk to him. And what I should have said is, Chris, I'm really sorry to interrupt. Can I just say hello and have your autograph? And yeah. I just pointed at him and I just went, Chris Moyles! <laughs> and they just kept walking and he just went, all right, fella. And that was it. And I just kept walking. And I remember oh, I, was, I looked brilliant. at my wife at the time and I was like, oh my God, I said I should have just said something better than brilliant. that. That's all I could think of. That's amazing. Yeah, That's but he's amazing. much smaller than you think. I met Brian May in a car park while we're name dropping. Oh, you can fuck off now. <laughs> well, you've just won. You've just leading, won car park We've been trumps. down to Astrofest and he'd been walking around all day and I thought I'm not going to get to say hello to him, even though I knew a couple of the organisers and I met Brian Cox a couple of times. We'll go on to Brian Cox oh, in please. a minute. Um, 
I hadn't met Brian May, but I'd sort of seen him around, and I thought, I'm, I'm too cool to go Were up you and... just trying to meet as many Brians as possible? <laughs> it was a Brian day. A Brian day, yeah. Brian Blessed was waiting for us outside as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so anyway, uh, we go back to the car, and who is leaning up against the van we've hired to go down for the day but Brian May. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, which, just looking unbelievably cool he just had a black trench coat on converse and was just leaning up against the van waiting for his assistant to go and fetch car and so anyway we get in a 20 minute conversation about the ridiculous cost of car parking charges in london (laughs) hang on one of the world's most most famous famous musicians musicians, yes yeah Uh, and we talk about that and then um his assistant arrives in this uh kind of i think it was a met a metro or something like that tiny little car which he can barely get his hair in and uh and still aware that we're watching him he kind of opens the door and says i can't get in this do you know who i am (laughs) (laughs) but he was absolutely delightful completely diana that was her second no he was absolutely delightful completely down to earth and shook everyone's hand and nice to meet you and everything which like who are we i know but But, if if you think about it when people are that famous everybody is saying to them what What's it like being in Queen? Yeah. What was Freddie Mercury yeah. like? Yeah. What? Tell me about Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. To actually have a normal conversation to you, you yeah, might, we um, just talked about astronomy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think I think that was nice because it was a day out for him, kind of thing. You know, yeah. so. he, I, he's probably being podcast interviewed somewhere now, and they're saying like, you know, any interesting times you've met people in the past and he said well there's go, yeah there's I, met, I met chris granger in a car park yeah and we, yeah, we, talked and we about moaned the about of... the fact it was 48 quid to park yeah. for the day yeah. and, then, and then i got in a ferrari he'll tell it differently obviously he'll but... t- yeah it, it was definitely a dirty <laughs> metro and i thought he's going to be sitting at the traffic lights somewhere and someone's yeah. going to go that's that's brian may in a beat up 20 year old yeah. metro Jesus. Did he have the big hair still? Well, he's always had the big big hair, hair. isn't he? He did have the big hair, and at the time he was just transitioning from from dyeing it to not dyeing it. Yeah. And so it was just starting to have a hint of the badger. Yeah. As it were. Yeah. uh, He he started off, I mean, my hair, I I don't colour mine, and I want to say I never have, but I think I might have. But I've gone quite I low. When I had hair, I don't, <laughs> anyone who knows me will laugh at this bit now. But uh, when I had hair, I had low lights in the eighties. Wow! Because I was a big Nick Kershaw fan, still am, and uh, wanted to look like Nick Kershaw. So I had the mullet and the low lights. Oh wow! And uh, it really hurts when they're pulling your hair through that. Is this when you had to wear the cap. rubber cap thing? Yeah. I, I had that done. That and, is agony. And into a flat top that resembled yep. vanilla ice. Remember nice. when he had the flat top? Nice. I had it done. This was nice. circa 1987. Yeah. I had it done. And it absolutely, yeah, it wrecks because they pull it through with a hook. Yeah. 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 yeah it's really painful. Uh, that didn't last for long because I just, I was like, I'm never having that done again. <laughs> and obviously my hair was going, but I had my, my lovely hairdresser, Wendy. She, uh, she used to she used to cut my hair uh, frequently, and she knew that I was going to go bald because she used to feel the hair at the front, and she went, your hair at the front is really different to your hair at the back. Now, bearing in mind I'm sort of 13, 14 at the time, and, she's, and I said, what do you mean it's different? And she went, well, it's a bit like pubes. <laughs> <laughs> so I went... Thanks, thanks very so, much. So, and of course, that was what that was what went first. So you, you she already knew in your early she teens. could tell that it was different 
hair at the front and oh that it God. was going to go. And at 21, it started going. My dad lost his at 15. Interesting. Um, but at 21, it started going. And by 30, I'd, I'd given up trying to hide the fact and just went... You, know. you see, I've I've got a respectable head of hair for my age. You my, have. My my dad's got a really good head of hair, but I suffer from something that my dad suffers from, which is a random thing now. Yeah. Is it's like I think it's called um it's not alopecia universalis or tote one of them is the one where you lose all your hair yeah but there's one where you get patchiness oh right which is why i've got obviously in, in my beard there i've got that one patch i didn't like to but mention I've, it. i know I, I you didn't need to circle it with a marker pen either <laughs> um is i've got almost no leg hair i'm gonna show you my leg now Ooh. yeah and my dad's the same he's got almost complete my dad's got the legs Might of a woman a picture of that for in the description yeah just put people off their dinner yeah <laughs> but it's really weird but i've got a really good head of hair yeah and even though I've got that patch on my face, I couldn't grow a beard for absolutely donkey's years. Wow. And then lockdown just decided... I mean, I've, I've had a shave now, but I grew a beard over lockdown. Yeah. I shaved it off because my girlfriend said I looked like, basically like a homeless person. And then she said, oh, grow it back. And But the second time it grew back... It grew so she's she's going for that... She's digging that homeless chic thing. Yeah. And then she just said, grow it back. And it, But the second time it grew back within about three weeks. And it's really weird. So I've gone from no leg... No leg hair, but hairy toes. A full head of hair, patchy beard to hairy full toes. beard. Interesting. And the armpits of a gibbon. It's, interesting. it's very interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. I mean, I know there's, there's that thing, isn't there? Is that once you start shaving, you'll always have to shave because once you start shaving, it encourages it and it grows back. But I always thought that was a bit of an old wives' tale. But maybe. Uh, Well, I, I heard it's because the reason it feels coarser is because when you shave, you shave the, the end of the hair at an angle. That's right. Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, so my body's just... My, as I'm getting older, my body is behaving and reacting in odd ways now. Um, <laughs> I, I remember going to, going to the doctors, I think it was about 12 months ago, and saying, I've got knee pain. And the doctor said, okay. And I said, what's wrong with me? And he just said, you're getting old. And I chuckled and I said, yeah, but what is it? Is it arthritis? Is it that old knee injury? Yeah. And he went, no. He said, you're just at that stage now where things will just hurt and you have to We accept. weren't designed to live this long. No. Oh, well, I definitely wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I, I'd be an old man now in yeah. Victorian times. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I feel like an old man as it is now, but my life expectancy is another 30, yeah. 30 years. Yeah. And I'm, at, yeah. I'm in pain now, so Christ knows what I'm going to feel I know, like. it's terrible, isn't it? You, you hear old people moaning about their pains and aches and pains, and you go, oh, I can see the gradual decline. Yeah. Well, that was cheerful. Talking of decline, how's... <laughs> all, um, all, all that from Brian May's hair. <laughs> talk, talking of decline, how's, uh, how's lockdown been treating you? Uh, well, happy lockdown to you. Happy pandemic. I Thank forgot you. to congratulate you. you on the pandemic. Um, it, <laughs> It's been good and bad. It's been bad from a, a work point of view, and obviously we all know people have people have been unwell, and and that's obviously awful. But um, it, it's it's been the strangest time because it, it came from nowhere. I, w- I was playing um, pool with my friend Jeremy up at Longton, and we're sort of sipping beer and taking shots. And you know, he said to me, "Have you heard about that thing going on in China?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's really awful, isn't it?" It's like oh, your shot, and we carried on playing. Mm. Two weeks later. That's it. Lockdown just yeah. happened. Yeah. And where me and my girlfriend are sat in the garden, I think it was blistering sunshine, wasn't it, mm. at the beginning mm. of lockdown? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And for the, I feel embarrassed to say this. For the first few days, it was novel. Mm. It was weird. It's something we're not mm. used to. So we're sitting there in the middle of the day drinking wine in the sun, and then it starts to soak in, 
and soak in. Yeah. And yeah, but it's it's the gift that keeps on giving, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, COVID. definitely. It's still just definitely. going on and on, and apparently it, now it's our way of life now. Moving well, and, uh, this is the thing, isn't it? You know, you question whether it would have been better locking down for longer in the initial stage to kind of try and eradicate the disease rather than control it. But I think, the go- let's not get too political and heavy here, <laughs> but I think the government was under a lot of pressure from business to... And now a health update up. from our political scientist, Chris Granger, here to talk about what we should have done in March 2020. We're all doomed. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's messed up. It's messed up. I know it's affected a lot of people's mental health, and obviously that's terrible. I've, I've been yeah. fortunate enough that I work from home, so yeah, same the, the upheaval yeah. in that yeah. regard hasn't been too bad. But yeah. the thing that's really impressed me the most is the kids, how they've all dealt with it. My yeah, kids, other absolutely. people's kids. Yeah. Kids are so resilient. You know, my kid, I mean, my youngest one said to me, she said, like, are we, are we going to die from coronavirus? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, hopefully not. I said, but it's obviously it's a, it's a real thing out there and it is affecting people. Yeah. And she went, okay, no worries. And I just thought that, that innocence. But they've got the awareness, yeah. but they've got that resilience through their innocence as don't, well. Don't you think there's a parallel with in the, in the 80s? I remember being in school and I remember having one teacher uh miss miles uh, now mrs burnett hello if you're listening um and she was convinced during the cold war that we were going to have a nuclear war it was going to happen and i remember very much having that hanging over us that there was this kind of terror of the the end of the world hanging over yeah. us and it was a genuine fear i, I remember the that time. because it that was the same time that frankie goes to hollywood brought out two tribes and I used produced to, by Trevor Horn. Uh, yep, I used to hate the beginning of the song because they would obviously play the, the 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 air attack warning sounds like, and then they play yes, and then obviously yes, there's and I used to find that terrifying because they're obviously talking about nuclear war, yeah, and we were terrified because where we lived in Cornwall, we weren't too far from a naval air station, yeah, and at a similar time, the Americans bombed Libya, or we or we bombed Libya, that's right. And some Everyone the, had to go up at one point. Yeah, and the jets yeah. refuelled at the airbase that was yeah. near us. So yeah. we're on the school playground uh, watching yeah. Harriers and Tornadoes going yeah. over, off to go and do their, yeah. their business in the Middle yeah. East. It's terrifying. But kids are, kids are great at getting, getting your fear level up even more because the, the, the story from our point of view was, oh, well, we're right near Stafford RAF, which is the biggest nuclear stockpile in, in Europe, so that will be the first to go. Mm. kind of thing and you're like oh really and it's probably not true at all you know but it's just like kids will find a way of making a bad situation even worse yeah. kind of thing i can know, sort of so. imagine mikhail gorbachev sat at his desk going well we've obviously got new york yeah. baltimore washington yeah. don't uh, stafford you know <laughs> don't forget stafford <laughs> i don't think that was high on their list but but yeah. i suppose everywhere in the uk there's a military base so everyone had that fear and we had yeah, it, you know, yeah. like now you've got RAF Stafford, you've got Cosford, and yeah. or I think Stafford's MOD now, obviously. But yeah, um, but yeah, it was a ter- terrifying time. Yeah, I don't know why I'm <laughs> laughing. It was horrible at the time. You're like, oh, it was horrible. Nuclear Armageddon. And now I spend quite a bit of my spare time visiting defunct nuclear Cold War bunkers, which is really, which is quite interesting. Yeah, have you been up to Hat Green? No. Oh. 
you should go. Is it good? I wouldn't say it's a family day out, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's a family day in, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah no, it's uh, it's fascinating and terrifying at the same time. I was going to say, but it's got a horrible vibe about it, hasn't it? It's, it's very chilling. weird vibe, and there's there's one room that they recommend you don't take children in, where it's kind of a surgical room, and there's kind of Ooh. people making scream noises and things i won't go into too much detail but it, it's it is quite shocking but then again it's fascinating to see all the old equipment and everything and yeah. thinking wow this was the technology and this was they actually built 50 of these or, or so across the uk in order to to kind of shield people so oh my god so you, you saw the movie threads then i'm guessing yeah terrifying absolutely terrifying they show it there actually oh, you can they? watch it you can watch it there and uh, they've also got a room which simulates being in a bunker in a war with things going on outside and oh god yeah it it's it's a great day out. <laughs> no, it, it really it, alton I, I towers or the green. decommissioned nuclear site yeah mm. definitely definitely but it is it is worth a visit definitely yeah definitely. that's awesome Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So from underground to overground. Yeah. Not wobbling free. Um, <laughs> Brian Cox, we mentioned in passing when we we're talking about Brian yeah, May. You've met him? I, I, yeah, a couple of times. A friend of mine, Mandy, she, she used to organise, uh, to be involved in organising Astrofest in London. So uh, met him met him a couple of times and... Uh, um, a friend Keaton used to be his producer on Stargazing and things like that. So not name dropping, but um, you you used to do a bit of a uh, bit of Brian in your routine, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, it, it was the it was the strangest thing the first time I did it because I'd I'd never done any sort of impersonations. It's bad enough trying to do something for the first time that you think might be funny, yeah. But then to throw in your, your feeble attempt at a celebrity impression <laughs> as well. But it, it was all born of the fact that. I really got into watching his TV shows, the Wonders of the Universe, the Solar System, all these things. And the thing that always stuck out for me was how terrifying the statistics were that he would read out. You know, um, I mean, he talks about, you know, how far this planet is away or how many galaxies there are. Yeah. And there was, you know, I'm going to do the voice now, don't you? Very, please, please very, do. Very please poorly. Do. But I think it was Wonders of the Solar System where he sort of introduces the program and he said we we live on a planet in a galaxy of six billion stars in a universe of 600 billion galaxies and you can fit our planet into the sun 1.35 million times and that's amazing and it was it it blew me away because his head is 
computing all of that data as well as being an astrophysicist and working at the CERN facility on the um the collider and everything but that's that's a good gig isn't it yeah Yeah. but how how do you deal with that type of knowledge because i know you can have the the flat earthers and the people that you know whatever say it's not real yeah but the, the fact that there i mean there genuinely are more stars in the universe than yeah. there are grains of sand on our planet. Yeah. And when you think yeah. about just one beach, you think, yeah. well, surely yeah. that can't be true. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it got me doing so much research into um, stuff to do with the universe and the Milky Way and stuff. And I didn't realise that stars are several hundred thousand times bigger than our sun, yeah. a, re- a oh, regular yeah. star. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Because I did the strangest Google searches you do when you've had too much wine, <laughs> which if I, I typed in, if if you fired a bullet and it could travel in a straight line for eternity, yeah, what would it hit? Oh, and it said nice. there's only a naught point naught naught one percent chance it will hit anything other wow. than debris, because the expanses and sizes are so vast that the gaps between are vast also. Wow. So whereas you think you know you're going to bump into planets and stars yeah. left right and center you really won't there's just yeah. so much space in space yeah. um but yeah the brian cox thing um it fascinates me so i, I, I did the, i did the routine um which always went quite well and and i'll yeah. probably do more because i like the guy uh, he's, he's yeah fascinating. No, it's, it's a, it, it was it was a lot of fun it was it's no john Coleshaw, my impression but <laughs> <laughs> people get the gist of who i'm trying to do hopefully <laughs> brilliant you're listening to a couple of trips. Why? Why would you do that? Are you are you okay? Oh well, you're here now. As you were. So, one of the things we wanted to talk about, Danny, was uh, what's been happening in your life recently. Uh, I believe that uh, you've recently got engaged. Yes. Yeah. It's oh, it's it's just, it's the strangest thing because when you're planning to get married. As a man, there's this expectation, you know, right, well, I love this woman and, you know, I want to spend the rest of my life with her. And you plan this amazing proposal, whether it's going to be elaborate or very simple. Yeah. Um, my situation was very different because on my birthday, yes, which was in September, I had a lovely day with my girlfriend, um, presents and nice, you know, lunch out and everything. And she said, I want to take you for dinner to Modishal Oaks. Nice. Which is obviously a fantastic venue. Great venue. So we got there and there was um, uh, champagne on ice waiting for us, courtesy of them, which Useful. I thought was really nice. And we had a really nice meal and we sat talking about the usual stuff you talk about over over dinner, you know, yep. you know, things to do with, well, let's face it, we were talking about the pandemic. Um and then at the end of the meal, I it said... It does seem to be on a few people's minds at yeah, the moment. Yeah, and mm. it's, it's how I love celebrating my birthday with a good old pandemic chat. Absolutely. And um, I said, right, listen, I said, let's, let's get the bill. So the bill came, I paid the bill, and we sat just having a little bit more of a chat. And my girlfriend just reached down into her handbag <laughs> and pulled out an envelope and just slid it across the table to me like some sort of spy sending you know nice, passing over like, some orders yeah. and i cash thought, for questions yeah yeah and i yeah. thought well i hope this is your contribution towards dinner but it turns out it wasn't mm. um and i thought maybe it's like another card or like a voucher yeah and so i opened it and there's a card and on the front of it is people chinking two champagne glasses 
and inside it's obviously it's addressed to me and there's this very very beautiful poem i can't remember it word for word and i i'll i won't even try to remember it but i remember the last two lines were it was something along the lines of you're an, you're an amazing person i'm so glad to have you in my life and i just can't wait to be your wife and I mm. thought, oh, oh, that's dead that's sweet. sweet isn't it? And yeah. I put the card on the table and I went, yeah. oh, thanks. And she just stared at me. And she goes, did you read it? And I went, yeah. And she goes, what do you think? I said, it's really sweet. I said, oh, thanks ever so much. And she went, are you sure you read it? And I went, yeah. And I went, do you want me to read it again? And she went, yeah. <laughs> so I read it and it was, you know, you're, 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 you're a lovely person, blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad to have you in my life, and I just can't wait to be your wife. And I went, oh, oh, thanks, thanks. Still, and then, still, did you realise at this point you were missing something? No, nope, no, not at all. No, no. I just thought maybe I should be making a bit more of a fuss about how good the poem was. It was a really nice card. It was, re- it yeah, was a really yeah. nice card. The words were beautiful, yeah. right? And poetry's not lost on me at no, all. No. But I thought, well, I don't know quite how much you want me to gush about this, but I think I've done sufficient. I <laughs> sufficient think gush. It's a good poem, yeah. but, you know, yeah. I'm not going to high-five you or anything. No. And then, um, not in the middle of the Not in the middle of dinner, no. St- and then, then she just reached down into a bag and just dropped in front of me a, a little box. Oh. And I thought, oh, God, it's another gift, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I, my first thought was, <laughs> I bet it's cufflinks. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I've only got one shirt that shirt, would need cufflinks. cufflinks. Me too. Which you, is and for about a dinner ten jacket. pairs of cufflinks. Exactly, yeah. which yeah. I never yeah. wear. No. So my first thought was, I don't want any bloody cufflinks, so I'm going to have to act as if I like these cufflinks. Yeah. And she goes, are you going to open it then? And so I opened it, and inside it was this this ring that you can now see, Very which is nice. a, a, a thin... Platinum? Is that platinum? I, I don't It might be tin. I don't know. Oh, okay. A, 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 <laughs> A metal band, white gold, whatever. It's very nice, anyway. It is, and it does suit you. And yeah. I just thought, yeah. okay, she's bought me a piece of jewellery. Yeah. She then put another ring box on the table, which she opened, and in it were two sparkling engagement rings. Not one, two. Two. Mm. And so I'm now flummoxed, and the couple on the table, well, I say adjacent to us, social yeah. distancing, they were four and a half of course, miles away. Of course, They're in yeah, another yeah, restaurant. Absolutely, yeah. And the woman went. Oh, my God, have you? And my girlfriend went, yeah. And I was thinking, has she what? (laughs) And the woman went, oh, my God. What's he said? And she went, nothing yet. And I I was looking. He's just sort of bemused. Well, I was... was, I had the face of a dog trying to read the Bible. It was like, <laughs> I, I was looking, I was looking, le- I was looking from Paul Sorry, to this Other religious texts are available. Uh, absolutely, yeah, but the Bible's the yeah. favourite. Um, I was going left to right, and the man that was with this other woman, you could see the look on his face. He was thinking, Dan has not got a flipping clue what's going on. Yeah. And I really didn't, I really didn't. Yeah. Then I started to get the gist. But then I went into panic mode because I thought, well, am I now supposed to propose to her? Is that what she's done? Has she given me a ring? Yeah, has she given you the forum to... For, yeah. To, so, yeah. but then this woman went, well, it is a leap year. And, uh, and part of me was... Was it actually Feb the 29th when this happened? No, or, September no, the no. 4th. But uh, yeah. apparently it works all, all year. Okay. Right. I'm oh, all for, right. I'm all for okay. equality. Yeah, yeah. A no, woman... I think that's probably right. Otherwise, the restaurants would be very busy. Yeah. And, and, and they've only just recovered from Valentine's. Exactly. And yeah. I think women should be able to propose. I've got nothing yeah. against that. But typically, when a man proposes to a woman, 
And he mm. says, will you marry me? And the woman just instinctively squeals and says, typically, yes. Mm. I don't think men expect it. And no, I, no, absolutely. And I still... So yeah. we're about six minutes in at this point, <laughs> right? Yeah. And excuse my language, I haven't got a fucking clue what's going on. Mm. I, I really haven't at this mm. point. Mm. And the woman and the man can see that I've got no idea. Yeah. And then Paula says to me, will you? And I went, will I what? And she went, well, will you marry me? And I just, I was staring at these rings, <laughs> honestly, utterly confused. Yeah. And I went, yeah. And everyone, the whole restaurant then just went crazy. Fantastic. Apparently they were, they were all in Fantastic. on it. All the staff were in on it. Yeah. Hugh Grant's applauding in the corner. Abs- absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Liz Taylor was there. You yeah, know, fantastic. Got married that many times. Yeah. And so we left. And on the journey home, Paul is phoning everyone saying, he said yes. Everybody knew. My whole family, her family, my kids, everybody knew apart from me. (laughs) 20 minutes after the event, I was sat on the sofa at home and Paula said to me, she said, do you actually understand what's going on yet? And I went, yeah, I've just about got the gist of it. And it it was the strangest. I'm over the moon. Loved the bits. She's awesome. Can't wait to get married. But it's the strangest thing to feel like you're the only person that hasn't got a clue what's going on, yet it affects you 50% yeah, yeah. Of, of the of the partnership. Yeah. It was the strange... I think it's that kind of rabbit-in-the-headlights scenario, isn't it? Where... But more expensive in the long term. <laughs> yeah, information <laughs> overload, you know, yeah. kind of... Yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm over the moon. I'm over the moon. It's It turned out to be an extremely expensive dinner because that venue is now where we're going to get married as well. Fantastic. Well, it's, it's a great place. I've had an afternoon tea there. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It, it's yeah. really good. Um, whether or not... Get me. How middle class is that? Well, whether, or not, whether, or not, whether or not we're going to be able to actually have a wedding there is... Yeah. Have you set a date? It's... Oh, shit. She'll hear this. Um, January the 29th, 26th or 29th, 2022. Okay, so if you're heading to Montreal Oaks, that's the date to head. Yeah, that's that's when you gate crash. <laughs> yeah, that's when you gate. But I don't know whether or not we're going to be able to have um, a wedding yet. Yeah. I mean, well, hopefully by 2022, because um, my Royal of the Worlds tickets have got put back till 2022. Ah. Mm. It's, well, it's, not, it's not quite as exciting as your wedding, but almost. Well, the thing is, though, you knew the War of the Worlds yeah. show was coming. I didn't know the wedding was coming. No, fair enough. It, it re- it, it's it's still... Haven't had an invite yet, just saying. Uh, just so just you saying. know. No, 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 you're on the list. You're on the list just already. Don't, don't start that with me, you big tart. You're already on the list. Shit, put Chris on the list. Um, no, it's, it's the strangest thing. I'm a, I'm a, I didn't think I'd ever get married again, yeah. obviously. You know, one marriage under my belt. I just thought, oh, that's it. You know, if I meet somebody, we mm. probably won't get married. Yeah. And that's what made it much yeah. more of a surprise. Is this the fifth fifth wedding? Uh, you sort of lose count after a while, don't you, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably keep this one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... You got to settle down eventually. I think. You know, I think between Paula and I, we've got more rings than the Olympic symbol. You nice. know. I, th- I think. Actually, I think that will be true. By the time we yeah. get married, I think that will be it. No, it's 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 great. Yeah, she she's great. We met in January. I think if you can endure lockdown and come out the other side of it, still. You only met in January. End of January. Yeah. Nice. So I, th- I think you get the, the. I mean, I was on after after I separated from from my ex-wife. I think I was on my own for. A couple of years, you know, I, yeah. I dated and stuff like that. But the great thing about dating is, yeah. you you see somebody and yeah. you go out, nice meals, drinks, whatever. And if it yeah. doesn't work out, you just you know, you know ghost yeah. each other. But you just say it's not working out. Yeah. You go back to that solitude you've become Absolutely. accustomed to. But then when you meet somebody and you yeah. know, right, well, this is going to be a long term yeah. thing. 
It's, and of course, the great thing about being a divorcee is that you can use having to pick your kids up from school as an excuse to get out of a bad date. Of course. Oh, do you know what I've I've <laughs> I've I used to have? The, oh, my girlfriend hates me talking about this. Um, when I was dating, I used to have this thing. It's going to make me sound like such an idiot, and I hate saying it, but it's really true. Um, I used to have a two-hour date rule. Okay. And I used to tell somebody... Oh, this is interesting. I used to I'm tell... I'm taking notes. <laughs> I used to tell people when we'd arranged to go on a date, I'd say I have a two-hour date rule. And it's it's not born of arrogance or a high yeah. opinion of myself. It's basically because... Kind of get-out-of-jail-free card. It, well, if the date's going awful, yeah, you know that you can at least go home and maybe have a glass of wine and watch Would I Lie to You. Yeah. If the date's going amazing, you're going to go home thinking, I want more. And then you'll look forward to seeing each other again, but you're you're not trapped in a three three and a half. And everybody I told mm. thought it was an amazing idea, but it, it sounds really arrogant, and it isn't. It's not because I've got a high opinion of myself or anything. No, no. Like you're only entitled to two hours of my special time. <laughs> it's just we've all been on awful dates, yeah. And there's nothing worse than thinking, "How do I get out of this?" Yeah. And I, I went on a on a date in you talks to the lady she's really nice but we just didn't gel but we had a really pleasant time i remember her saying she said i've just looked at the clock she said it says i've only got like five minutes left and i just said it's actually three and she said you really said you you really do this don't you and i went yeah and then it bang on two hours i said right i said should we make a move and it's it's not rude i think it's a really good way to do it it's yeah it's like an extended speed dating yeah, I'm going to go at the two-hour point, and then there's no awkward excuses or you asking me if I'm going to come back to yours or whatever. And yeah, yeah, it, it, it gives you that it gives you that cut-off zone. Yeah, but, but I'm I'm did glad. you do you break the rule for anyone at all, Paula? Uh, yeah, brilliant. And um, I think she said to me, she said, "You know, we've gone over two hours." And I said, "Oh God, it sounds so cheesy." I said, "I'm not even watching the time anymore." Oh, I hadn't even noticed it was raining. But it's just so special together. You just lose track of time. We share time now. Um, yeah, we, first date was like over three hours, and then that was it. And then nice. we were sort of fairly inseparable from then on. So yeah, yeah, it's and then moved moved in very quickly as well due to lockdown. Yeah, yeah, it's mm. um, well because we I think we, we sort of had two two three days, didn't we, where we knew the lockdown was coming. Yeah. But there was no sort of definitive. Yeah, I date. was at I was at work and I developed an interesting cough, shall we say? Uh-huh. And uh, and I took a few days off sick, and then never went back because the next week the university actually credited them shut down a week before the national lockdown. Oh, they, wow. they decided no, we're not having it. <laughs> kind of thing so uh, but i was based in the library so i encountered about two thousand students a day yeah and uh, developed an interesting cough and headache which wasn't one of the symptoms originally but they upgraded the symptoms yeah. later on but the interesting thing is going to be when the vaccine comes out is are we going to be made to have it or is it going to be optional because i i, I think this whole the riots and the protests about our freedom and lockdown are going to be well of course the, the anti-vaxxers are jumping right on the bandwagon yeah. With with that, I've already seen posts about will the vaccine be safe? Well, if it's approved and released, yeah, yes, it will. Yeah. But is it? Is <laughs> That's it? That's why they Gates, test vaccines. Yeah. Is it? Bill, <laughs> is Bill Gates injecting a chip into my arm to track uh, what I'm doing? And will they be able to see through my eyes when I'm online if I have the vaccine? You know. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, people can follow me. Track five G. Five G masts are spreading the virus. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't care if the government watched me going to the toilet as long as I don't get coronavirus yeah. and it doesn't kill anyone I know. Well, give me the vaccine. I'll take it in the eyeball. I don't care. There's, there's this thing for, for years about, you know, all, all uh, people can watch you through your camera on your laptop and, and, and people are spying on your data and that. If any government agents think my life is that interesting <laughs> that they want to watch me, be my guest because my life is not that interesting that you're going to pay someone to sit in an office and watch me 24 7 but my my late night youtube search history yeah would be enough to just i think not last night the night before how long are you allowed to have a shower for on a submarine wow that's my really youtube search. and i thought me watching like you know retro audio stuff and james hoffman's coffee channel was bad but you're that's re- I mean, I was watching Dirk Benedict and Dwight Schultz from the A-Team being interviewed nice. 20 years after the series finished on Dutch TV the other night for something to watch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll watch I'll anything. Watch so, yeah, if the government wants to watch that, yeah. knock yourselves out. I've got Brilliant. no issue Brilliant. with that. Brilliant. Fantastic. Well, um, just before we go, Danny, I like to uh, throw a question out to all of my interviewees. Uh-oh. It's a multiple choice. Uh, but hopefully invokes some kind of discussion. And the topic is pants or boxers. Ooh. Well, I've, I've got a, a hybrid. Uh, are, they, are they called jerseys shorts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. Are. They're like yeah. pant shorts. Yeah. So, what are they called? Jersey shorts? Yeah, jersey shorts, yeah. yeah. yeah I'll accept that. I haven't worn boxer shorts And is that your everyday choice, or do you fluctuate? Everyday choice. Oh, okay. Everyday choice. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't think... I've... You don't feel like some days you need more support, some days you need less? Or... Uh, uh, <laughs> at my age, I'm just glad to know that things are just where they're supposed to be. <laughs> I, I think the last time I wore a pant itself was a pant. i'm gonna call it a pant yeah singular this is gonna sound so random i left i was working in hinkley and i left a job and at the end of my last day we all went to the pub and for some reason i thought it'd be funny to wear a leather thong to work that day and i Testy. don't i yeah. don't know why i had a leather thong in the first place no or and at no stage I mean, that does present more questions than it answers yeah really. but the, but I can't answer the questions because I actually still have those questions myself. Why did I have a thong pant in the first place? Why wear it to a leaving do when there's no way anyone's going to see it? I was happily no. married at the time. Well, and Maybe you were reaching out. I don't know. I think I was probably falling out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what are you? I'm, I'm, I've, got I mean, you? I've got you down as a pant man. Well, you see, now this is interesting because um, when we were doing a test recording for this series, I, I posed this question uh, with my good friend Jamie Summerfield. And um, he, he sort of rocked my world and challenged my uh, challenged my conventions, as it were. Um, I've always been, for many years, that as a child you always wear pants that's 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 the choice you you don't buy your underwear yourself that's what you're given but for many years uh i've ever since your first girlfriend buys you some because she can't stand you wearing the superman underpants that you you had <laughs> since you were 12 and you really shouldn't be wearing those at 23 when when you when your girlfriend buys you first pair of boxes it's a revelation it's yeah like, oh, the airiness freedom yeah, yeah airiness um but then as you move past 30, sometimes I feel you need a little support. Yep. And so up until quite quite recently, I was Jamie was Jamie was talking about um 
how, how he likes the freedom of the boxer on a long walk. Oh my god, I'd be the opposite. But then the next day, ah yeah, likes the support. So I've I've actually shook up my wardrobe a little bit, and now I've got a mixture of the. So hold on, the, no, so back up. So Jamie's essentially mildly injuring himself on a walk at the expense of freedom. Knowing on a warm the, summer day, he likes the air to circulate. But he knows that the next but day then he'll the regret it. The next day. Jamie, you're an interesting cat. Next day they have a, a, a little bit of they help. Need, they need a rest day. Yeah. Wow. So now I've I've stepped it up and I have a mixture of the standard boxers and the, the boxer briefs now. But I would never go for the pants, so, I don't think. So hold on. So what, what, so what constitutes a jersey day versus a boxer day then? Uh, to be honest, it, it's it's pretty much how I'm feeling. Uh, oh, I, you the, made, the, the you started this like there was some I massive off, science, science and then you're just, massive, yeah, no, just do whatever. No, it's just like how I feel, you know, let, let, let's put it this way. If it's been a particularly amorous day the day before, shall we say, <laughs> then then I might go for the support, you know. Um, but on a warm day, you don't want, you don't want that. There's you don't, too much you don't, imagery you don't want, now. You don't want the whole thing, like, bundled up. There's too know? much imagery now. My girlfriend wears my underwear, though. Oh, that's weird. Now, my girlfriend wears my t-shirts yeah. at night as as night shirts yeah, and looks too. fucking I mean, better my, in them than i do your girlfriend doesn't wear my t-shirts obviously no but. well no i've, I've tried Quite to more. stop her tried yeah. to stop her yeah but um, but do you find that her wearing your clothes because you know like the t-shirt you're wearing now yeah. if you saw her wearing that do you get annoyed because it looks good on her yeah that's the thing yeah. she, they look better on her than they do exactly. on me yeah and for some reason she's got some fantastic nightwear but what does she what does she walk around the flat in my t-shirts yeah now my my girlfriend will put my underwear on and you know what am i you see she's never worn my underwear but she's quite petite and i'm not so all right here's this is not multiple choice right okay but on the subject of underwear yeah. right if my underwear and i've worn it and then it's gone into the wash yeah been washed and then dried yeah would you consider that underwear to be clean yeah so would you in an emergency would you wear my underwear no. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because I, I wouldn't wear my... Obviously, I wouldn't wear my girlfriend's underwear, but I find it weird that she would want to wear my underwear, even though I know it's clean. Yeah. It's been washed and dried, yeah. and it's all perfectly hygienic, as you'd expect yeah. anyone's underwear yeah. to be. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, it's, it's his own... Are you, are you absolutely sure you wouldn't wear her underwear? I don't know. And on that point... Um, <laughs> Danny, That's for another day, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Danny, where can people find you? Are you still performing... No, that, I mean, at the moment, most... I mean, I had to cancel a gig. I was supposed to do a gig in Audley a few weeks ago, but I was feeling a bit under the weather and there were still some social distancing concerns. But it's hit the comedy industry really hard as it's hit a lot of the arts at the moment. So yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that comedians, you know, whether you're the real lower levels like me or the, the more talented guys out there, you need an audience. And it's that platform that people are really missing at the moment. So people aren't gigging as much. There's a lot of online content yeah. for people to see. Yeah. So in terms of seeing me, if anybody did, and I'm not sure why anybody would really desperately want to see me when there's so much talent out there, but it's really just keeping an eye on Facebook because uh, when we all start to get back Do you use to, Twitter or anything like that? I don't, I'm got... not that technologically um... minded, I'm afraid. I'm just a, a Facebook Okay, well, guy. I'll put a link to your Facebook in the description. Thanks, man. And, um, and yeah, uh, and, and hopefully we'll all be out there gigging again soon. Cause that would be great. I, have, I, have you any plans to do an online gig sort of get get three or four comedians together and do, and do an online gig i don't i i 
you're very technically minded. I'm not, so I don't sort of have that that instinct we could, we could to want to put something we together. Could we could but there's that. well, obviously, round here, you know, there's yeah. like Dave Tomlinson. There's obviously there's Helen. There's, I mean, I'm, yeah. there's Adam and other people. I'm not sure who who would do it. Yeah, Phil, we can do remote gigs. We can pull people in on phones and on laptops and stuff. So. These these guys that they need, and I know it's not safe to do it, and we obviously have to respect that. But these, yeah. you know, I don't make a living from doing comedy. I've got yeah. my own job. You know, yeah. comedy is something I enjoy doing, and yeah. I'm never going to get rich out of yeah. it. But the guys out there that make a living out of it they're the ones i feel sorry for so yeah, yeah. you know i mean scott bennett for example does a, a podcast called comedy from the shed you know that live streams chris purchase is doing online comedy i know john pearson these are all my facebook friends you'll see they're all tagging themselves adam rowe you know you know rob holland they're all you Brilliant. know doing comedy online at the moment fantastic and- we've got to try and keep it alive because it, it doesn't look it's not looking promising for a, a arts venues and funding yeah Exactly. But the one thing I will say, the, the ROFL club we, we mentioned at the beginning, yeah. um, R, you know, Ruffle, ROFL, whatever you want to say, they, their website's up and running, and you can still go and see their gigs. I think it's a, a tenor a ticket at Newcastle. Brilliant. And they have top, top comedians on, and they've got all the social distancing. So if people do want to go and see some live comedy, you know, get yourself up to Newcastle. I'm not on commission, by the way. It's just a good venue. Brilliant. That's absolutely fantastic. Well, Danny, it's been an absolute pleasure. Loved I hope it, you'll man. come along in Loved the future the and, and do another one at some point absolutely, and uh, yeah. drink my coffee. I hope you've enjoyed listening and uh, tune in next time for uh, a couple of drips. Uh, I've been Chris Granger. Thank you, Danny Davis. Thanks, and man. Stay uh, safe, I'll everyone. see you next time. Stay safe, guys. Take it easy. Listening to a couple of drips. The show was conceived and presented by Chris Granger and is a Cup the Mic production. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, Chris here. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the production of future episodes, then subscriptions are available. Simply click on the support button in the episode description. See you next time.